Bonnelly is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. What up, what up, what up, everybody here in Chicago? This is Spawn of Me Podcast with Khalif Adams. I'm your boy, Khalif Adams, here rocking with you all here for our wonderful show. Thank you so much for coming through this week and every week uh, to Chicago and hanging out with us while we talk about video games, politics, life, all the wonderful things that you need to dig yourselves into and dig yourselves out of <laughs> within a week and all the time that you have time to yourself to have your brain wrapped around all the good things that we see uh in the space we have a banger of a show today we have a fantastic episode but before we get to our guests we have to talk about last week we had a dope 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 show uh featuring some of my intel co-workers talking about the ai toxicity tool that's in beta called bleep um i think we had a fantastic conversation about that uh around the show and around what was trying to be done with that app and what's trying to happen with removing toxic speech um out of our video game spaces so it was a blast uh, to be able to talk to them about that stuff and give a little bit more information around what that means uh, towards kind of making the space better and making the internet a better place for us to be able to game peacefully and without all the nonsense that we see in the space. Um, I am very excited because this week we, you know, one of the things that I love to be able to do on our show is to bring on folks who are making cool stuff. I, I, you know, games that I've seen that I've been really interested in or been able to kind of see, you know, a little bit of sneak peeks behind behind the curtain on on some of the games that are out there. Um, it's always cool to be the chance to be able to like see stuff early or see things like right before they come out and, and, and be a part of the conversation there. Um, Akira also saw that on the tippy tie to you as well uh, in the chat. I see you in there. Um, but it's always fantastic to be able to, you know, speak to developers about the games that are about to, to put out into the world and, and, and put out into the game space. So I am very excited because we have both the creative director and narrative director from Heart Shaped Games, and they're gonna be talking to us about their new game that's dropping tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Twitch, this is dropping tomorrow on Thursday the 22nd. Uh, the game is called We Are Caretakers, and I'm super excited to bring on to the show, we have both Scott and Zalivir Nelson Jr. Scott Brody, Zalivir Nelson Jr., thank you so much for being on the show today here in Bracago. How's everybody doing? Doing great. <laughs> Thanks for having us on. <laughs> excited, excited to have we you both here. <laughs> Uh, it's an honor. Thanks. No, I'm, ex I'm, I'm super excited to, to, to rock with you both again. Um, you know, I am a big fan of what you're putting out into the world. Um, I think that we are caretakers is going to be super cool. It was one of those things that I know we had had some conversations behind the scenes. We'll talk a little bit about that later, but I think that one of the coolest things was getting a chance to see your game in the ID at Xbox showcase this year. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that too, but I want to give the folks at home a little bit of info about yourselves and, and what we are caretakers is doing and, and what kind of game you're putting out there. I'm going to start it off with, with you, Scott, on that. Give us the rundown on what we are caretakers is going to be. 
Yeah, We Are the Caretakers is what we're calling a squad management RPG. It's coming out, uh, like you said, on Xbox uh, down the road this year, but we're starting on early access on Steam. It's a uh, game about protecting animals from sci-fi poachers as well as aliens, uh, eventually, as you find out in the narrative that Zalvi wrote. Um, and it's based around this metaphor of anti-poaching and conservation um, once you get kind of below that, that sci-fi surface. Um, so, yeah, really excited to kind of talk to you about how we made that happen. <laughs> yeah, Zalavir, I'm, I'm curious to hear, you know, this is a really interesting um, kind of premise for a game, uh, you know, talking about anti-poaching and talking about conservation, you know, what was the the uh, first of all how did you all kind of meet because i think that's one of the things that is always really interesting to see like how teams meet how do they form you know a, a game studio uh to, to find out that you want to make a game like this what was the kind of origin story of of heart-shaped games to kind of like pull you all together to make a project like this well at least for my part uh i went to a event at gdc and there was this tall intense guy and he was like i'm gonna make this game about poaching i was like that sounds rad uh and uh lo and behold a couple weeks later he's like do you want to work in that game about poaching i was like really that sounds that sounds cool uh and what we ended up building was an original sci-fi universe with folks including our art director anthony jones uh that yeah uses these uh metaphors of uh community and uh post-apocalyptia to uh, talk about conservation of animals and how we can together build a better world. Scott, what when you're thinking about the, the kind of beginnings of a game like this, there are so many different angles to kind of tackle a subject that, that is pretty broad, but the kind of singular focus of how do you stop a terrible thing from happening at the, as the kind of foundation of that, you know, what was that, conversation like for for you and, and and the rest of the team to say we have a stance that we're kind of trying to take with the the game that we're making and a, and a message that we kind of want to share w within that yeah i think um over time like i've been doing the indie thing for about 10 years and i've tried to make games that sort of come from the same place that you've you know, you start with sort of either a real world topic or a personal inspiration and try to see how can we build a game from that. I really think in this case, it came down to thinking about like, what are the actual truthful experiences that people in the field have, people on our team have had, um, and how do we um, pull that together to be authentic, but also exciting and something that people want to jump in and play and not sort of be, uh, I guess, preachy or, or too... Um, lecturing about whatever it is, you know, the messages that we have. So I think we started from there and, and really quickly identified that there were some systems at play that made a lot of sense for a strategy game. And so we just built from there. And then with Zalvir's help and Anthony's help, really thought about what the sort of setting and world should be that this, uh, this conflict is set in. That's fantastic. I, and the thing that I'm always curious about is, it, you know, when you're starting from scratch, you're starting and getting to build a new world that you want your characters inhabit and you want them to, you know, feel grounded in the space and, and feel like they are a part of the world that you've built. Um, Zalavar, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about like world building in that way. And, you know, there's a Afrofuturistic uh, kind of spin in this world, which I think is 
super dope was one of the things that really got me excited because I was like, it's a thing that you don't see in games ever uh in that in that way not really it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, a space that really gets occupied in the game space that much we see it in the narrative space in terms of you know in, in literature now uh, a fair amount but not in games at all um so i'm curious to hear your thoughts about you know what that means in terms of building a world around that that idea and that scope I think one of the most important pieces of world building is intention, uh, which is really interesting when you take on statements like games aren't political, which they <laughs> totally, uh, at least in many cases, uh, can be. And when you don't consider the political ramifications of your decisions that will have uh, a meaningful effect on the world building and the realism and humanity of the characters that you uh, take on. So for where we are the caretakers, one of the big breakthrough moments really project was saying, wait a second, this is a world where there's a lot of people undergoing various trials. Uh, there is moral ambiguity here, but the caretakers themselves are not morally ambiguous. Mm. We have these characters stand for something and stand for something consistent throughout the game, no matter the player's perspective. Uh, and as soon as we sort of locked down this desire to have the characters um, inhabit a very specific role in the world as opposed to the traditional rpg approach of you can be totally evil or uh, <laughs> a super saint and then uh making both of those approaches valid for some reason conveying something very specific we want the player to inhabit in this world suddenly made a whole bunch of pieces of the game click from the art to the design of the mechanics to the world building itself. I think world building starts from deciding what you're saying. Uh, and that can be, hey, here's some totally cool teens who uh, don't care about the law to, you know, how can we embody a force of people who are trying to bring the, together the world for good? I, I love that sentiment of the world building coming directly from what is it that you're trying to say? Um, it is it is really important. And we see so many games kind of fall into that weird fence sitting moment where they're trying to straddle both lines of a conversation and neither one of them get their due. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear, you know, how you're all tackling, like you said, Scott, not being preachy, but also getting across this really important message really important message about, you know, why poaching is terrible and why in this futuristic land, how it has affected the world around them. Yeah, I think the way we've tried to solve that is to let players make choices that maybe we wouldn't make, but you you have those choices and we just build in systems to create consequences so that you kind of learn one way or the other. Hey, if, if I were to take an aggressive approach or if I were to take a more diplomatic approach, um, what's the out, outcome and fallout of that? And I think the gameplay fits into that and the story mode and the narrative um, really just tries to like pull out those key bits that um, we figured out by talking to people and, and make sure that those like get to the player once they've experienced that. Yeah, it's 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 also that layer across. And now we're showing some, you know, for the folks at home uh, who are listening, we're showing some gameplay um, of, of, of we are caretakers. We are the caretakers. And it's it's a mix of a, a, a couple of different genres. So it's a strategy game. 
Um, it feels like there's also there's also some turn-based combat in there, which I thought was super funky and dope. Um, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about, you know, mashing up these different kinds of gameplay styles um, and, and how you feel like they are, you know, kind of coming across to the player as well. I'm, I'm curious to hear, like, what was the kind of foundational gameplay elements that you wanted to make sure you got into the game before before it got out uh, in the design? Yeah, uh, we definitely kind of took on a lot of challenges here. We, we have sort of a, a management layer um, where you're, you know, forming you know 70 characters into different squads and and kind of micromanaging all their abilities and then we have this rts layer that you're seeing now where you're able to go out and scout in the field and then we do have uh when you do meet a poaching unit um it does go into like a turn-based combat thing and really what we were trying to achieve is um showing all aspects of trying to like organize a force to deal with uh, a very unorganized uh enemy in in these poachers uh and so we wanted you to see it both at like the micro level and at the the macro level and i think um that was important just because it's not just about you know how do you deal with people when you catch a poacher uh out in the field it's uh about community building it's uh about you know fundraising it's about research it's all these things so we we quickly kind of realized we needed to find a way to model all those things and um it kind of turned into this mashup of genres that i don't think a lot of games do mm. it feels like a, go ahead go ahead i was just going to say that also ties into something really important which is when you're dealing with a poacher you aren't just dealing with uh some evil person trying to hurt a precious animal it can the motivations that go into poaching range from, hey, this animal harmed my family slash uh, the people around me in our community. You can't really justify the rhino when it's just uh, trampled through uh, the entirety of next year's crop, <laughs> as well as like market factors, uh, pressures from economic markets and uh, organized crime from thousands of miles away. A lot of people don't want to just kill animals on GP yeah. and providing the humanity of those in-between spaces in a game that's still really uh, satisfying and allows you to kick the heck out of some uh, legitimate villains. It's a fascinating balance. And, I, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to what people think of the what where, where we ultimately landed there. Yeah, it's uh, it's always difficult too. I would I would assume to not only balance out these complex systems that are the kind of underpinnings of 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 the gameplay, but also how to intersperse really you know interesting narrative within those spaces too to make sure that each one is kind of getting their due. I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that, Delaware. About like how how does that kind of work in terms of the way you were thinking about it and, and what were the ways that you all kind of, you know, found that good middle ground to, to, to make sure that there's some good, you know, combat in there and there's some good, you know, uh, management of the resources and all those parts that go along with the kind of, you know, uh, you know RT, not, not RTS part, but like in the strategy parts, but um, in the, making sure that those story bits kind of come through in, in, in the best ways possible. Let me tell you, the more I learned about the complexities uh, having to do with the topic, 
and dug into the implications of the different pieces of our world and what they were saying, the more terrifying it became. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we ultimately emerged upon finding the places where people will welcome narrative most. There's this really interesting idea just in terms of how the game is even laid out of mm. Where does the mind have space to rest? Where is the organic place in which you would expect to have something to read? Do we put the, the way in which we put two missions next to each other? Do they support each other? Do you, are you getting reading fatigue? Um, as much as uh, we deliver narrative, we're trying to really get people to engage with the decision-making and the systems that also drive everything from poaching to conservation to community building. So, um, yeah, finding as many ways to deliver that in small, impactful narrative chunks that encourage people to get right back into the thought loop uh, or to evolve their thought loop of how to consider the choices in this world was an incredibly fun challenge. Yeah. Scott, I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well about, you know, for games like this, there's usually a end state. What's that end state mean? In a, in a game like this? Is, it, is there a win state that, 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 that travels you through the entire narrative? Is it a moment-to-moment -moment part where things are kind of broken up into chapters and you kind of, each battle is, is a chapter within, this, within the, the, the larger game? Well, just for the folks at home, like give folks the rundown of what a kind of typical play session might be. Yeah, so in terms of goals, uh, you're trying to keep your sort of raw population uh, intact. So basically, a failure in the game is extinction. Mm. So you're kind of managing your your population throughout a campaign. And the campaign is broken up into four uh, eras, which are just groups of missions. And each of those eras has a theme. So you kind of are trying to solve all the issues in, say, the, the first area where the caretakers are from, Shadra, or, uh, you know, no spoilers, but there's an area outside of this big barrier uh, that um, that you you see early on in the game uh, that you'll, you'll start to explore. So we kind of pursue different themes, both gameplay-wise and narrative-wise in these eras. And then uh, just in terms of uh, what you're managing throughout that, um, the, you're looking for different endings and I guess there is a score as well. Uh, but you're really looking to kind of follow those different paths we talked about earlier to get to different endings, which are mostly, um, changed by your reputation. And so every choice you make throughout the campaign at all these levels I talked about, uh, impacts your reputation and that kind of ultimately kind of scores how you did, uh, in trying to protect the animals. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love, I love that there's this ability to kind of, you know, rank yourself while, while kind of replaying the stories and, and going back through the missions so that you kind of have a better version of that. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. I, you said that there were some factions in there, you know, give the folks a little bit of uh, information about if you can because i don't want to give spoilers away um but uh, about like you know we know that poachers are there and those are the, the folks that we're trying to make sure that they're not doing what they need to do but it seems like there are other groups within that that are from the kind of more protagonist side um that 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 i'd love to hear more info about like how you thought about those groups and, and how did they kind of come together yeah, I almost feel like this is a good one for Zalavir because uh, he put a lot of work into the world building and who these people are and how they differ from each other. So yeah. do you want to jump in? Sure thing. Um, one of the big elements uh, that go into characterizing any one of the groups 
is specifically how their names communicate um, the way they believe the world should work. Mm. So we do have a very, uh, a, a, we have a one faction in particular that I don't, I hope is too, not too much of a spoiler, but it's called Noir. And uh, Noir stands for Nations Offering International Relief. And the entire background of that is that it is a, suppose that it is a supposedly charitable uh, organization or nation state that when they come in to bring their so-called relief, uh, they end up occupying that territory and playing an, uh, a colonial role, which of course we've never seen in real life. Huh. Uh, <laughs> so, and, and also like we call it noir because their capital city is named midnight and noir means black and French. And it, it becomes a multilingual pun. So you see from absurdity <laughs> and justifying that one specific choice, we end up getting these really interesting uh, commentaries on real real life organizations and decision making processes that turn into the systems that either uh, rule us or inspire us to be our best selves. That was brilliant, by the way. The noir. <laughs> I love the acronym that you found to, to pull that together. That is pretty dope. I love that, actually. Um, when you're thinking about the kind of audience that you want to attract with this game, you know, who are the folks that you're hoping will come to this? Again, it's dropping. You know, we're recording this on a Wednesday on the 21st. It'll be dropping on the 22nd. Um, this show will go live on Friday. Uh, for our audio and, and, and YouTube YouTube folks. Uh, so they would have had 24 hours to, to kind of check things out and, and get their hands in. But who are the folks that you're really hoping come to to, to check out the game and, and, and play it? Everyone should play this game. It will make you a better person, and it's also dope as hell. I, that's a pretty easy way to sell the game, I would say. I, and it's reasonable. It's super dope. I, I, I have gotten a chance to see some of it, so I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the official official company line right there yeah it's, it's super dope and uh and everyone should play it <laughs> that that makes it easy that's an easy sell for, for 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 everybody involved in that respect for sure um one of the things that i was really actually excited to, to talk to you about which i thought was was actually pretty cool as well was you know again you know a lot of folks maybe had seen this for the first time during the id at xbox showcase uh, that happened a couple weeks ago. What was what's been the process for you all of, you know, thinking about and and now bringing this to console because games like this usually are are, are pretty difficult to play on a on a controller and, and and there's a lot of you know buttons that you have to kind of think about and things you have to manage about. You know, what was it like to to kind of bring this game to to the console as well? Yeah, it's been great so far. I mean, first, the the ID at Xbox team is great, and they're really supportive of the project. So I think they just want us to to make, you know, the best game possible. Um, in terms of translating the game to console, I mean, we've, we've created some, we've made some choices in the game to uh, make that a little bit easier. So when you think of an RTS game on console, you, you think of, you know, lots of micromanagement uh, and things of that nature. But we don't really have... Uh, we sh we've shifted around where you manage. So you're not doing a lot of building in the field where you have to do a lot of like micro placement and things like that. You are selecting groups and directing where they go around fundamentally. And you can do that pretty simply with our control scheme. And then not to get like two in the weeds, but um, 
you use the center point of the camera versus moving a cursor around to uh, navigate the world and select things. So um, I feel like we have a really good solution and we have a couple of older and newer titles that we've kind of uh, modeled it, modeled after. So I'm really excited about the console version. Yeah. What, what, where were some of those, um, those uh, influences that, that you want to share? Yeah, and Xavier's going to laugh because I talk about this game way too much. So there, there's, there's, <laughs> there's an old Super Nintendo game called Ogre Battle, March of the Black Queen, uh, hmm. that I love. And most people haven't heard of it. So that's why it's, it's funny because I talk about something that nobody knows about. Um, if you haven't heard of that, uh, there's a more recent game called uh, Northgard uh, that had a really great console implementation that's a sort of city builder game so those two games i think together um have really helped us figure out that field rts management layer of the game yeah and and Zalibre, I'm, I'm curious from from your perspective like from a narrative standpoint what what is the thing that you're hoping people will really come away with as the as the kind of main you know chunk of data or or feeling or or thing that you want to evoke with this piece I think one major thing I want people to come away with if from the narrative of We Are the Caretakers is a deep appreciation of uh, what it means to be a hero in a complicated world. Uh, I love me some Marvel movies, but there is definitely something reductive about going into a place and punching the right people and saving the world. Sometimes saving the world means a kind word in the right place. It can mean a so-called bribe when what you're dealing with is not a bunch of villains, but just some folks trying to feed their families who are poaching because there is uh, an economic crisis in their home territory that is fueled by imperialistic forces abroad. Uh, If there's anything that people take away from this, it is the ability for games that are designed with this intention to communicate the complexity that uh, can come with being a positive force for good in the world. So wait a minute, you're asking people to believe in a nuanced position? Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. Oh <my> God. <laughs> Man, who knew that in 2021, someone would make a game where they would be thinking about the player making nuanced conversations, being involved in nuanced conversations, making nuanced decisions. Hot damn. I'm just saying, I I mean, you've won me over tenfold with that as being like that being a small tagline somewhere has won me over in, in spades. Cause I, again, this is what our show is about is providing people with some nuance. So to be able to do that within the game itself is brilliant. I love that as, as a part of the, the way you've all designed this and the way that you're thinking about the stories that you want to tell here. I think that's brilliant. I'm even, even more hyped to get in and, and dig into it now because of that. And one last thing I will call out just as part of that specific nuance is how much I appreciate that Scott stuck to his guns there from the design perspective. Mm. There were a lot of different iterations of how that would take place in both a narrative perspective as well as a mechanical one. When and where these uh, conversations take place or when and where you get to deliver a nuanced uh, approach to it, it's really, really hard Uh, And there were so many points where even feedback from both internally and uh, externally, we get, we, we, we got the thing of like, what if you, what if you just had them punch the bad people (laughs) and uh, Scott's design sensibilities and continuing to plug away at this problem of 
even if it isn't perfect, what's the most effective solution to continue to deliver those interesting and nuanced decision-making processes and showing how those systems work in both the fictional and the real world. Uh, it's a major piece of why the game exists as it is today. And it's one of the major reasons that I'm so thankful to have collaborated with this team. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited. That's appreciated. That, that, that's, that's cool to hear that that's a part of the way you both have, you know, found each other in, in the work. And also, you know, that, that, that love that goes across you two for, for the process, which I think is really important, right? It's like the work that you wind up doing uh, to, to, to make a product that goes from concept to being out in the world um, is hard. It is not an easy task uh, to, to get a game out in that way. So uh, that makes me even more excited for, for launch tomorrow. And, and uh, I'm very hyped for, for folks being able to come to it and being able to share in not only the systems that you've all built, but the story that you've built as well. Because uh, I think it's really cool to be able to, to think to think about the world in this way, in this setting, with the characters that are that are in these in the, in these kind of positions, which is super cool. Um, one quick thing that I would like to share before we let you all go: um, there was a conversation that happened somewhere, gosh, a couple like a month or so ago, maybe. Um, yep, and. Um, there's a really cool character who's in the game that that we didn't get a chance to talk about yet uh and I, you know if you have any information about that character to share you know it would be great for the folks at home to hear more about it you know i'm gonna just look off to the side like i'm in my my, my high school picture like no one's gonna see me uh but yeah if you have any uh, info about yeah. that and share with the community at home that'd be great I do. Yeah. So there's this one character, um, I think it goes, goes by the name of uh, Leaf Green. Uh, and, um, he is a wandering diplomat, uh, in the wilds of, uh, Shadra and you can recruit him in the game and he bears a striking resemblance to, uh, the host of this podcast. What? There is a person in the game that looks (laughs) like me. And his name is Leaf Green. What is this? Oh my goodness. Let me hit this button really quickly. That will show everyone the picture of that character. It's me. It's me. It's awesome. It looks super, super cool. I'm very, very happy with the way that this came out. It looks super dope. And I want to thank you all for putting I, again it never it never ceases to amaze when stuff like this happens uh because of amazing folks like like you all uh for for being kind enough to ask me to be a part of your amazing game so so i again i am very humbled by that uh i'm hoping that many many people pull in leaf green to 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 be the person who will help them get across the diplomatic finish lines when they're trying to propose uh, uh good things in the world so um, it is nuts that that's going to be a thing. I'm going to be trying to find him all over the place when I go into the game <laughs> and snag him for my team. Uh, but I wanted to thank you both. This, that's amazingly kind to, to have asked me to be a part of it um, and, to, and to have your team make that dope, dope portrait uh, of me that people will be able to see and, and, and have me be a character within that game. So uh, again, thank you uh, so much for that. It's super cool to be able to be a part of the we are the caretakers lore in some way so that's that's fantastic so thank you gents yeah, thank, thanks for your part no i'm i'm excited again when i heard about the project and knew uh because i was familiar with zalavir's work 
uh, and I, I think I think we might have crossed paths almost at a black in black in gaming uh, GDC uh, a thing. Were you were you at one of those? I think I think I think I so. I think I remember us almost meeting because it's like the thing about like GDC, very near miss. Yeah, like the thing about GDC conversations is that we're all like, especially when they were doing big events, was we'd all kind of be in this one big space and you'd see folks and you're like, I know I've seen you and I know I've seen some of the work you've done, but we just passed the ships in the night and sadly we didn't get a chance to talk uh, during those. But I'd see you in the room for sure, uh, having conversations with so many other devs that I love um, in that space. So getting to see you be a part of this gives me even more joy uh, because I'm familiar with and, and, and really dig the work that you've done in the space. So uh, it's it's dope to be able to say that we kind of collaborated together in some form or fashion <laughs> through, yeah, through the internet. Yeah, and I, I, I both massively appreciate uh, you, you seeing my work and following that. It's uh, very much mirrors my uh, thoughts of your work. You, you're, you're just extremely uh joyously enthusiastic in being um skilled and charismatic beyond belief uh <laughs> in wherever whatever arena you pop up in uh so both appearing on the, the podcast as uh, finally as well as uh, getting the chance to talk to you and then collaborate with you indirectly and uh, have this near miss turn into uh, a critical hit in yes. cringy RPG terms is uh, <laughs> it's a fantastic outcome and thanks again so much for having us. Uh, well, we can't uh, wait to meet. I can't wait to meet Leaf Green myself. Yes, and and again, like hopefully when the world opens up, we can we can do this for real for real, um, and, mm. and, and hang out and talk about the 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 wealth of wealth of gamers getting a chance to play play this game when it drops again. You know, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Zalavir, for for being here today. Again, I'm so excited to see what the game is going to be when it drops. Uh, I'm definitely going to be in there, you know, trying to get those poachers out of there, making sure that they are not ruining the world uh, and, 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 and doing their terrible things out there. So before we let you go, give the folks at home uh, where they'll be able to find everything again when it drops tomorrow. Uh, any social uh, social media bits that you want to share out as well for more information that folks can hear uh, about the game and um, and again thank you so much for for being here. Yeah, the game's coming out like you said uh, tomorrow, April twenty second, Earth Day, and it's uh, in early access. Uh, you can follow the game at at Caretakers Game. You can follow me at Brody Games, and yeah, we just want to hear from you. Um, so let us know what you think if you pick it up. Fantastic. Super, super cool. Xavier, Zalivar, I'm sorry. Uh, any, any last words? Yeah, uh, I'm at WRIT Nelson on Twitter. Uh, and the main thing I have to offer is puns. Uh, if you like that noir <laughs> pun, it it does not end at the Twitter. It only starts and it gets worse. <laughs> I, look, puns are, are, are a peek into the soul. Uh, that's the way I, I believe puns are, are, are a, one of the best ways you can find out if you are digging a human being that you that you're like, you know, we see eye to eye. We're 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 here. I see you. I see you. Uh, <laughs> is, is the pun game. So uh, again, gents, thank you so much for being here, uh, and thank you for rocking uh, with me here on the show today. Um, everybody in Bracago, we are going to wind up taking a quick break. 
let you rock out to some music, let you rock out to some information uh, that we have for all of you at home. Uh, and right after that, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the news of the week. It isn't a lot of stuff to dig into this week, but we have a couple of things in sort of to, to dig into and to talk about. So we'll see you back in about two minutes. Much love to you. We'll see you right after the break. Hi, Merrick Kay here for the Fanbyte Podcast Network. I'd like to tell you about Channel F, a show where we talk about the games we're playing. Can I just say yeah. how much I would love for there to be a Hitman game that's just about making people experience embarrassing social faux pas, trying to like prank people and make it seem like they had farted or like tripped on something. <laughs> that would be like very good. Dig up weird finds at thrift stores. So the <laughs> listing says Bung Doctor V64. <laughs> And take your questions about the best jokers. Flabars Martin asks, what's the best or coolest weapon ever given to a mech? Gundam Fusion Rebake has a really good... Oh, give, me, sorry. give me that one more time. Gundam Fusion Rebake. Yo, I heard you. <laughs> Gundam Fusion. <laughs> I personally guarantee as the president of podcasts at Fanbyte that listening to Channel F will make you a better, smarter, more powerful version of yourself. So go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts or search for Channel F on your podcast app of choice today. Improvement not guaranteed. Listening to Channel F may cause geographication. Welcome back to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. You had a banger of a first part of the show. If you missed the first half, you missed out on a fantastic conversation with Scott Brody and Zalavir Nelson Jr., both the creative and narrative directors from Heart Shaped Games talking about their new game dropping very, very soon tomorrow or yesterday, if you're listening to this on the feeds, uh, called We Are the Caretakers. It is a cool, cool project. We also got to talk about me being in that project uh, as a NPC within that world. Super, super cool. Uh, I'm very excited for what that game is going to wind up being. It is going to be a blast to be able to see what's going to be happening there. I'm, again, hyped for what is going to be in that space. I think it's going to be very, very cool uh, indeed. So um, there isn't a lot of news that I care about. So here's the thing that I've been worried about. Um, and I've been thinking about this a lot of late as a person who is making a weekly podcast. Um, it is hard, especially one that's kind of based around, you know, uh, news of the week or, or things that are in that space for, you know, trying to keep in a timely manner to be able to talk about them really, really, you know, eloquently and, and also in a timely manner. There's just sometimes where there's just not stuff in the world that I care about. Um, and I guess to a certain extent, the worry is that we're not talking about news items because they just aren't news to me, um, which I think is a, a an interesting part of the way that a show like this works. Um, that'll be feedback for for all of you at home is to say, you know, not that you not that like, hey, do you want to cover? Do you want me to cover stuff that I don't care about? Because uh, I try to bring you stuff that's actually more topical that you would actually give a shit about, but. If you feel like there are stories that are missing or any of that kind of stuff, um, then let me know. Cause I think that there are places to do that work or have those conversations that are um, not stuff that would go into the show, but we can still have those conversations in other places. So like, for instance, a thing that I've been wanting to do is we have our post show here on Twitch, our post show, um, 
is, you know, 10 to 15 minutes long where we, you know, give shout outs to the folks who followed or, or, or checked out the show because uh, it gives like, a nice place for you to talk about that. It also gives a place to talk about other things that we're working on or, you know, sponsorships that we're doing or, or, or things that we're connecting this week. We're going to be talking about Fabletics. Uh, we are a part of their Fabletics uh, ambassador program, which is amazing because Fabletics usually was kind of thought about to be a, uh, w- a women's clothing line. And now they have a, a men's clothing line uh, that's going along with Fabletics. And we are a part of their first initial rollout uh, of gear that's for men. Um, and it's all a part of the Kevin Hart collection. So we're rocking some of the Kevin Hart collection uh, very, very soon. And we'll be talking about that in the post show, uh, which is super cool. Um, but it is a thing that I think about often of like, am I servicing you all in a good way to be able to give you good information that you really want to talk about? And one thing that I've been thinking about has been, you know, conversations that we want to have that are, you know, not necessarily things that would go into the show. I would love to start doing those over on Twitter spaces. I would love to start doing those conversations on Twitter spaces. We'll do those for like maybe 30 minutes or so. Everybody come in and hang out. It gives us a better chance to, you know, hear from you all uh, in the community, uh, be able to talk to you directly. You know, folks who are in the chat right now, if you're on Twitter, um, you know, and, you know, we we can't have that one on one verbal connection here. We can do that stuff over in Twitter spaces as our after show. Um, I would kind of love that, actually, if we we can try that. Um, And I think let's try that next week. Um, Next week the we'll do a you know 10 minutes here for the post show for 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 twitch and then right after that we're going to go directly over to twitter spaces hang out for 20 to 30 minutes chop it up with all of you in the in the community and come hang out and 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 do that kind of stuff exactly the whatnot says in the chat the after party after party exactly uh exactly what i'm hoping to do and 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 i want to use twitter spaces more and i think it'll be a really cool way to connect with all of you in a bigger cooler and and more interesting way so uh we're gonna try that next week um and and do some of that there i think the big story for this week uh that i really was interested in 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 talking about is um the xbox cloud services x cloud is now going to be opened up to the ios platform um but it's dope that that is a thing that is now going to be out in the world. I have not, I've still not gotten my beta code to get into the iOS beta for xCloud. I am sad and disappointed because I want to play MLB the show on my phone and my iPad, and I haven't been able to get into it. So I'm sad about that. I'm disappointed. Uh, my Xbox people don't love me no more. They ain't hooked me up and get me into the thing. I'm sad about it. I'm disappointed, but I am really excited about the idea um, of having all my, you know, so many parts of the the Xbox ecosystem connected to me from a mobile perspective and on another piece of uh, another device that I own uh, because I'm playing in more spaces. You know, I'm not necessarily doing couch gaming. I'm maybe not playing in the basement here, uh, you know, in the studio. Uh, and I want to be able to find more places to play. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited that also they have dropped the Xbox Live Gold layer to needing to play online. That was a new thing that happened a couple of days ago or a day and a half ago, maybe. 
Um, and that is a wild thing to think about. Like we've gotten to that point now where that is no longer a part of the conversation in terms of the way that that game system works and the way that the, the, the architecture of how people can come to the Xbox platform uh, is no longer in there, which is pretty fantastic. I think that that is super, super cool. It's a thing that I was hoping for. And, and now that they have, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of had their word and, and have stuck to it now by saying that there was a thing that they wanted to remove from uh, as a, as a barrier to everyone. Now that that thing is gone, that's pretty cool. Like, I think that that's pretty sweet that that's not a thing anymore. Um, very, very excited for that, um, for sure. Um, let's see, is there anything else that popped up this week? So Sony also backtracked on dropping support for the PS3 store and the Vita store. They went back and, and said that that's not a thing that they want to do. I think that's great. I think that's, for, that's perfect for gamers. They don't have to think about that anymore. Um, but you know, I think that that's pretty, pretty, pretty awesome, uh, for sure. Uh, Lord Navarro saying, but it's not for every game. It's only 50 games. Sure. It's only 50 games, but I think that that's a, it's a big step for them to, to, to not have that paywall there. So that you don't have to think about it. I think that's pretty sweet. Um, that's definitely a thing. Um, <laughs> Roy Martin's like, Hey, call him out in the dice chat. <laughs> call him out a dice chat. So here's the thing. And I'm happy that you said that. So a couple of, a couple of things that are, that are popping up. In the next, you know, once this goes out on the feeds, it'll be over. But uh, one of them will be over. The other one will not be. Um, tomorrow, uh, if you go on to any IGN channel, and this is wild that I get to say this out loud, you will see me hosting alongside Greg Miller and Jessica Chobot the Dice Awards. That is nuts. I know it's a thing that I've said, you know, over and over and over again of like, yeah, I'm doing this thing and it's cool. Um, it's a big deal. No, it's, it's a big deal. Like I can't front dice awards are one of the most prestigious video game awards in the industry. And as a person who was in the crowd last year, just cheering people on and being wowed by the spectacle of it. Uh, you know, now to be, it was the last, the dice awards was the last physical event that I went to, um, which is, which is dope, uh, to see that now that's going to be a thing that we wind up going to now. It's wild to see that that's the thing. Ginger sheep. I will actually, I will absolutely tell Jessica that I said, uh, what's up, uh, that you say, what's up. Uh, and thank you, Greg, uh, for saying, yo, I'm proud of you dog. Thank you, fam. You know, I love you. Um, so it's a, it's a big win for, for me. It's a big win for Chicago. It's a big win for the space. Again, this is a thing that, you know, I haven't really been saying out loud because, you know, the internet likes to take an idea and run with it in a negative way. But this is probably the first time a black host has been on that show doing this kind of work in that way. Like, I don't think that there's been other cats doing this stuff like this. So this could be a history making moment in some small way. Again, I, I'm not going to throw shade at the company for doing it the way that they've been doing it. Jessica, getting a chance to work with Jessica and Greg, you really don't understand how good they are, at what they do until you get a chance to look at what they do live and in person and, 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 and be able to see that kind of stuff. 
Um, but I do feel like this might be a moment that is history making in that in that respect, at least in terms of the gaming industry, where we've not seen really of the major gaming event uh, award shows. There's four. There's um, the BAFTAs, Dice, um, the Game Awards. And I think there's one other one that's in the mix somewhere. Um, and Games Beat. Games Beat is a really big industry one as well. Um, and I'm going to be hosting that one next week. So <laughs> co-hosting that with Andrew Renee. Um, so again, like the trifecta, the triple crown will be if I get a chance to host something at the Game Awards, which will be nuts if that's a thing. Um, but it feels really important. Um, and it feels really good to feel like the thing in GDC awards too. Absolutely. GDC awards. Thank you for that. Greg. Um, it feels really good to say that, you know, and this isn't going to be a thing that, you know, Joe consumer who's out in the world will care about because they don't really care about a lot of these award shows, but the conversations are around usually you know, how many black folks do you know in the industry who are doing cool stuff like this? And, you know, or at least in the grand scheme of the, the gaming industry, uh, you know, it's like Xavier Woods, who's doing more kind of front facing, more community kind of stuff. Um, you know, the conversation around Jerry Lawson and, and the and the impact that he had in the gaming industry is, is, is a thing. I'm not putting myself up there with those cats, but I feel like this is a groundbreaking moment in in the industry for a couple of reasons. And I, and I don't know the weight or the magnitude of that. Um, but it feels good to be at least in my own mind as a part of the conversation, as a person who literally came from nowhere to be a part of this industry in this big of a way, uh, to be able to do that kind of work. It means a lot for, you know, Khalif eight years ago who, or for Khalif, two and a half years ago, who was about to quit doing spawn on me. and was about to pack up the boat and dip out on it. Uh, we have not had Xavier Woods on the show yet. Uh, I have had conversations with him to see if I can get him on. Um, it's been mostly on me messing it up um, and not, not following up, but we can get Xavier Woods on the show. Uh, we can definitely get Xavier Woods on the show. That's not hard. Um, but yeah, I was about to pack it up uh, about two and a half years ago. Um, and knowing how far the show has come in that small amount of time because of wanting to keep pushing and wanting to look for more and wanting to build out more and, and knowing that this work is important and that that visibility is important, even if the, like, it's a weird thing because it's not like I'm going to walk down the street. And someone's going to look at me like Tim the Tatman and be like, oh, my God, it's, Tim, it's Khalif Adams. It's not going to be like that because I'm just that's not the way the gaming industry works from that perspective. But I do think that it's really important um, for this particular part of what happens to be noted in the record and to be a part of the gaming history that we see in the industry as a thing. Um, so I'm really proud. I was doing a lot of thinking the past couple of nights about 
what this means. Uh, I'm scared as shit to see what people are going to say because I know that the internet's going to be mean. Um, and that's going to be fine. But I, it is a very cool moment to sit back and to think about the Will, the, the um, Will O'Neill's and the Engai Krolls and the, you know, you know, you know, Iffy, who's doing dope stuff in, in all the places that he's doing, you know, on Twitch and, and, and all those places of like on-air hosts who are black men. Um, and now I get to write my name in that book somewhere as, as a person who's done that work in this bigger and kind of broader way. Um, and that's all because of y'all. That's because of y'all pushing and, and making the show get bigger and continuing to share it and all, and all that work. I mean, I hustle my butt off to, to kind of get into good positions and doing that stuff, but this show doesn't exist without all of you. So this is a win uh, for all of us. This is a, this is a win for Bracago in a big way. Uh, and I want to give you all massive love and props for that. And, and I hope, hopefully I'm, I will do you proud uh, when you get a chance to see the dice awards happening on April 22nd. Um, so let me know how I did. Uh, let me know how it all goes. Uh, games beat is happening next week. So I'm getting to rock my man, Dean Takahashi, uh, who's amazing. And I, and a person I've always looked up to. Um, and then also I get to rock with the homie, Andrea, Andrea Renee, who I love. Um, so that's going to be wild. I'm going to be doing day one of the games beat summit. She's going to be doing game uh, day two. Uh, so you'll see that that's going to be live. That's not going to be pre-recorded. So if you see me fuck up, that's, that was on, that was on live. Uh, so I'm going to try not to botch it too hard. Um, uh, I'm trying to see what, what, what Greg Hazy says in the chat. He says, this is important. You grinded hard for all that. And you did it your way. Not just that you did it in a way where you intended to lift those up around you as well as opposed to skirt. Yeah. Thank you, fam. I appreciate that. Um, I, I, I appreciate that. It's, it's, I do this for the record. I do this for the hope that again, someone can see someone else look like me do it and they can feel like they can do it too. Um, I really believe that. I really think that that's real. Um, and I, and I feel like now the universe is bringing good stuff to me so that I can do it in a real way. Um, so before I get all sappy and, and, and all that kind of stuff, we have a post show to do. Um, but before we go to our post show, actually, you know what? We're going to we're going to do that stuff in the post show, because I think the other announcement that is already out there already um, is, is going to be super cool uh, when it goes down and it'll give me a chance to do all that other stuff, too. So um, next week, I believe we may have the head of um, let me double check because I want to make sure I'm not lying. Um, we may have the head of main gear PCs on the show. So, uh, we may, we may be having him on the show. We got to make sure that we're locking that in. Cause I know we talked about having that show happen, which I think is going to be super cool to talk about, you know, the PC landscape landscape and, and how they're affecting that over at main gear. Uh, hopefully it'll become a sponsor of the show. Please be a sponsor of the show. Um, uh, and that'll be super cool to be able to have that conversation. And then, next month because that'll be the end of the month uh in may uh we may have some folks from double fine on this show i'm not sure exactly who yet but we may have some folks from double fine on the show uh so 
keep you keep yourself locked in for that talking about some cycle knots too so we'll see how that works if we can make that happen i know it's supposed to go down but we we have to talk about that behind the scenes and also i just got invited to a very very cool thing about a game that i really am excited about and i am hyped as fuck to see that that's going to be a thing uh, when that winds up happening. So lots of cool things are in the works again, Bricago, you all rock it. Tell me how everything went down at dice. And also, um, yeah, we'll talk about the other thing in the post show. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to get over to that really fast again, everybody massive love to you all in Bricago. If you're listening on the audio, uh, audio version of this, uh, definitely go check out. We are caretakers, uh, blast of a game. I'm excited for them to, to get that launched. Um, and we have more cool stuff coming to you all here at spawn on me. Please share out the show. Please give us a five-star review. Please make sure you're sharing us out as far and wide as we can. Uh, we're only a couple thousand people away from our $10,000, $10,000 from our 10,000 follower goal over on Instagram. We're around like 8,200, 8,400 or something like that over on Instagram right now. Um, and we're hoping to get to 10k so we can get all that swipe up business uh, so we can do cool stuff over on that side and and some other stuff as well so uh head on, hang on out for the post show if you're here on twitch uh we'll be right back after this if you're on the audio version or the youtube version much love to you all thank you so much for checking out the show we'll see you all next week much love to you all and peace